everybody, and welcome to a new edition of The Edge, the show where we explore and appreciate the Bible together. I'm your host, Scott Logan, and I can't believe that we're already doing our fourth episode, especially because it feels like we just did verses 15 through 19 of Ephesians chapter 1. But you know how a three-day weekend will throw a wrench into the ability to gauge which day it is throughout the following week. Tuesday feels like Monday. Wednesday feels like Tuesday. Nevertheless, I hope that you had an awesome Labor Day weekend. Mine stayed pretty busy. Friday night, we went to the Children's Museum of Maine with our daughter and some friends. I got the chance to do some hiking on Saturday and go to a free concert Saturday night. Of course, Sunday morning was church, and then Sunday night, I went to my first ever pig roast. It was some of my wife's family who put it on, and it was fun. You know, we had about a thousand ways to eat pork, and all of the usual suspects of a backyard barbecue was there, like potato salad, coleslaw, etc., etc., plus a bunch of backyard lawn games, which I love. I ended up going 3-0 and in horseshoes, which was fun, and, and then on Labor Day itself, we just hung around at home and didn't do much at all, but now I've been playing catch-up all week. Uh, with, you know, never knowing what day it is, but I do know what time it is now because it is time to finish out Ephesians chapter one. So let's get started. First, I want to ask you guys a question. Do you ever feel like you're living a life that seems to lack God's power in it? Do you ever feel like sin has just too many wins in your life? If so, then you and I have been cut from the same cloth, my friend, because I can certainly claim to have had seasons of feeling very dull in my spirituality. This world and the dark powers in it can do exceedingly well at blurring our vision of God's power and glory. That's why, as we learned last week, Paul prayed over the global church that God would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him that the eyes of our heart may be enlightened so we may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the glorious riches of his inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power. Now, to be honest with you, there are times that I believe the eyes of my heart could use a pair of glasses. There are seasons in which I've not practiced the basic disciplines of staying in the Word, you know, reading my Bible. There are times where my prayer life has grown very dry. The funny thing is that looking back at it, I can easily make the correlation between the inability to sense victory in my life and not spending time in the Word and or prayer where I'm reminded of God's wisdom and revelation. Understanding God's power towards us, as we're going to study in verses 20 to 23 in Ephesians chapter 1, empowers us to be more able to see sin in our life for what it is, and also to understand that God's power conquered over it. I've heard it said that a healthy person is very grateful for the power of their medicine when they understand how deadly the disease is that the medicine is holding back. As we take a look on this episode at verses 20 to 23, I hope that God will reveal to us his wisdom and revelation so that we can understand his power. Let's read this. Uh, But let's start with verse 15 again. I know we already studied it last week, but I want to get the full flow of what Paul is saying. So verse 15 
This is why, since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I never stop giving thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, would give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the glorious riches of his inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his vast strength. He demonstrated, now this is verse 20, he demonstrated this power in the Messiah by raising him from the dead and seating him at his right hand in the heavens, far above every ruler and authority, power and dominion, and every title given, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put everything under his feet and appointed him as head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all things in every way. So Paul mentions us having knowledge of God. He talks about the eyes of our hearts being enlightened so that we may know these things about God that he goes on to list. Let's understand that Paul isn't talking about knowing God on a surface level. I mean, Satan knows God, but as Christians, we know God in a way that the devil cannot understand or relate to. We're talking about the difference of looking at a container that says Nutella and someone saying, oh yeah, I know that that's Nutella because of the label. And then someone else coming along and being able to say, I know that's Nutella because I'm able to taste it. Paul is talking about knowledge of God that can only be gained through experience with him. The New Testament has a Greek word that means just that, and it's called epinosis. Paul uses it in Colossians 1.9 when he says, For this reason also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. This word is used another 19 times in the New Testament. Let's continue on looking at verses 20 through 23. He demonstrated this power in the Messiah by raising him from the dead and seating him at his right hand in the heavens, far above every ruler and authority, power and dominion, and every title given, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put everything under his feet and appointed him as head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all things in every way. The name of this episode is Understanding God's Power Towards Us. And to understand that, Paul spends these three verses explaining what happened to Jesus post-crucifixion and resurrection. You see, in verse 19, Paul said, And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his vast strength? Paul says according to the work of his vast strength. Basically, he's about to show us what the immeasurable greatness of his power accords with in verses 20 through 23. In verse 20, he says, He demonstrated this power in the Messiah by raising him from the dead and seating him at his right hand in the heavens. So right away, we can understand that God's power towards us is the same power 
who raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus was beaten with everything that we were capable of throwing at a man in that time in history. He wasn't recognizable anymore. They whipped him until they tore his back to shreds. They beat him mercilessly. They tore his beard. They pressed in a crown of thorns. They nailed him to the cross to make sure he was dead. They stabbed him with a spear. He was as dead as dead could be. Then, just when they thought that the Jesus movement was over with, on the third day, Jesus walked out of the tomb in the power of an endless life. That same power that raised him from the dead also raised him to the right side of the throne in the heavens. And that power is the same power we're talking about when we are talking about God's power towards us. Jesus is there right now, still in his battle-scarred body with authority over everything. And I mean everything. Verse 21 says, Far above every ruler and authority, power and dominion, and every title given, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. When we say everything, we mean it. Paul makes sure to cover it all. He says that Jesus is over every ruler and authority, power and dominion, focusing on the supernatural beings first. Uh, There is a split among the angelic beings. Sin didn't start here on earth. Sin didn't originate with the fall of man, but rather the fall of Lucifer. Revelation 12 paints the picture that Satan's rebellion, uh, or Satan's rebellion, caused like one-third of the heavenly host to fall. That tells us that not all of them fell. There's no reason to believe that the word, uh, the word dominion here isn't talking about those angelic beings who sided with God. We see them mentioned again in Colossians 1.16 where it says, because by him everything was created in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. So Paul says Jesus is the authority over all these supernatural beings. Satan can't match him by any means. Paul also says, every title given. And he's now speaking about earthly governments, kingdoms, empires, whatever form they may be, uh, they are all subject to Jesus. All throughout history, kingdoms have and will continue to rise and fall, no matter how powerful they are, and no matter who gets voted in as a president. Christ reigns above all of it. All who are in power on this earth need to understand the lesson that Nebuchadnezzar learned in Daniel 4.26. said, As for the command to leave the tree's stump with its roots, your kingdom will be restored to you as soon as you acknowledge that heaven rules. Let's close this out with 22 and 23. Verse 22. And he put everything under his feet and appointed him as head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all things in every way. Everything is under his feet. Everything. It's kind of ironic in a way. We put nails in his feet on the cross and now everything is under them. The earth is his footstool. How much stuff happens in our lives 
that we stress out about without giving any thought or energy to consider the fact that it all falls under the authority of Jesus. Everything we could ever see, hear, feel, or go through falls under the authority of Christ. Everything is under his feet, guys. Human beings, angelic beings, poverty, disease, disabilities, weather from hurricanes to tornadoes, snow to rain, earthquakes to volcanoes, all businesses, all careers, all your bad life choices, news media outlets, the internet, your mom's computer, which she can never seem to figure out, militaries, presidents, kings, and dictators, other religions, colleges, and college professors with anti-biblical agendas, all of time and space, all of science and all its wonders that we know of and still don't know of, and even the Tennessee Vols. Everything that we encounter in this life falls under the authority of Christ's rule and reign. Paul says that he is the head of the church and we are, as his body, his fullness. God's power towards us intends to fill the universe with the authority of his crucified and risen son. He intends to make us, as the church, the means of that fullness. So where he rules, we also rule. He will fill creation with all his fullness of his glory, and you will be that fullness. Guys, that's going to do it for this week of The Edge. I want to thank you so much for listening. Make sure to check out the other previous episodes of The Edge by visiting our website, theedgepodcast.com. That's theedgepodcast.com. When you go there, you can find a bunch of our social media links in the top right corner too. Please make sure to check us out on YouTube. All of these messages are not only on Podcast Garden, but they're also on our YouTube channel, which you can find the link for on theedgepodcast.com. Eventually, I'm going to have some uh, written blogs as well going on the website Uh, but there's always updates going on make sure to follow us on twitter uh at edge podcast one oh i could just go on and on and on and on but guys i will save it for next week thank you so much for listening and uh we will see you next week on the edge with scott logan so remember live on the edge